Hello and welcome to episode 34 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to reassure you that you are not doing this thing alone. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am joined once again by the wonderful Lou Quinton, who is a social media coach. Thank you so much for coming back, Lou. That's fun. Happy to be here. Hello. <laughs> I say that. Thank you for coming back. It's like we haven't gone anywhere listening. <laughs> Tammy, I haven't left. <laughs> Um, awesome. So if you missed the last episode, Lou and I talked about using social media in your business on your terms. So if you haven't had a listen to that, be sure to check it out next. And um, there's a wonderful bit towards the end where we talk about how to really start and create your own social media strategy. So definitely rack that one up on the playlist. But today we are talking all about you, Lou. Hi. So yeah, let's kick off by talking about what was it that inspired you to start your business in the beginning? Okay, yeah. So I did not take a traditional route, whatever that is. Um, I was studying at university and needed some extra money. And so I taught myself to be a web designer, very basic, no coding, techie stuff, and started doing that. I was in quite a lucky position that my now fiance was running a computer shop and so was exposed to quite a few local businesses uh quite a lot of them needed websites and because he was a computer shop they would go to him I needed money so I sort of started off from there really um then went into social media management and from there I am where I am now which is more of a coaching side of things rather than the actual content creation side of things. I'm really curious to know, what were you studying at uni? Was it related to this web design work that you picked up? So I was studying business management, so it wasn't really anything to do with it. Um, It wasn't even specifically to do with marketing. Marketing was one element of that degree. Um, But yeah, not, not necessarily. It was just a lot of YouTube videos and trial and error and some pretty shoddy websites at the start. <laughs> so what was it that made you decide to choose um, web design for your your student side hustle? <laughs> I think it was just because, yeah, my partner kept having businesses ask to do it and he didn't want to, didn't have the time. So I just thought mm, there's money to be made there. I mean, bear in mind money to be made. I think the first website quote was like 150 or 200 pounds like it was so low (laughs) um yeah it's yeah that's sort of the main thing I have to say I very much just fell into this (laughs) I'm happy it happened well yeah absolutely so if I understand right you so you never really entered the corporate world you never went or did you get a full-time role at any point yeah so I dipped my toe in it um just during a few summers like during studying um, I did work in a like a financial tech company and I absolutely hated it I didn't like working in an office I didn't like the politics that came with it I didn't enjoy I do you know what I really didn't enjoy I didn't love making money for other people no that's fair <laughs> I was like, I'm putting a lot of work in and I'm not getting paid that much. I mean, I was at the very start of my career, but yeah, I just kind of didn't love the feeling of no matter how hard I worked, there was always a cap on how much I would be bringing home. 
I really was driven by the idea of, when I like the harder I work, if I was working for myself and growing my own business, I'd be able to reap the rewards sooner, if that makes sense. That's really interesting. So I'd love to know, like, I'm really curious, that mentality around, oh, this, because for me, it never occurred to me that I could be a business owner. Like, that was never something that even happened across, like, my field of vision. Yeah. And yet for you, that was almost like a driving force of, like, why am I doing this when I could be doing that? So did you have like any family members that run their own businesses was that kind of the inspiration behind it yeah so I think I I never really grew up thinking I'm going to be a business owner I was very kind of floating around life but obviously watching my partner grow his business he left corporate and started his bricks and mortar business which is its own monster Um, and also watching my aunt she's a, a doula so she's very much her own business she's done it all of herself and I think in a weird way watching them do what they did and seeing that as an option was one part of it but what really helped me was that I saw the ugly side like with my partner I very much saw the stress and the hard graph basically of running your own business and it just drew me I don't know what it was it just made me feel really passionate and excited about doing it myself and I think seeing the interaction of him and the business owner and just seeing that there's no middleman if that makes sense he was he was transforming I mean it's computers I don't just fixing their printer or whatever it's pretty transformational if you're laptop guys <laughs> you'll be grateful like very true <laughs> I, I just think seeing that without the middleman was really exciting and knowing that he was going home and like oh wow yeah like I did that I've done that so yeah I was lucky enough to be exposed to it but yeah, I guess that's how it happened. That's incredible. And just to drill in a little bit more, was it you were like, okay, I'm going to set up my own business or did it ever occur to you to maybe go freelance, to try it on for size, contracting work, that kind of thing? Because I know that although there's there's owning a business and there's being employed, there's actually quite a few nuances in between that could be considerations along that way. Yeah, absolutely. So... I live down in Cornwall and the jobs down here aren't that abundant. I knew I wanted to stay down here. So that was also another element. I was still designing websites. Uh, This was just slightly after I'd studied, still designing websites and applying for jobs and not really getting much luck, particularly. So I just kept doing it and it just kept growing. And I was really lucky with the clients that I got in the early days. And they did start asking me about social media because to them I was like a young millennial that they just saw that and thought social media <laughs> and, and it turns out I I knew more than they did so I could help them but yeah the, it was always just I really can't I don't know how to word it other than I just fell into it and there was definitely a a time in my life probably about a year of watching my best friends from uni going and getting these amazing corporate jobs with lovely chunky salaries and all of this security and I really panicked but there was just something in me that thought that is not the life I want I don't want to live in a city I don't want to be working in an office I'm so proud of them and that's amazing and they're so happy but it just didn't resonate with me 
That's a really interesting perspective, actually, and not one that I considered before, because from from an office world, seeing people leave an office environment to go and um, go freelance, it's like, oh, my goodness, you're embracing this freedom. I never considered it from the other way around that if you embrace that choice and start your business off the bat, seeing it from a different perspective of, well, actually, they've got stability and they've got stable wages and that's what they've chosen. It's a big thing, and I and I I do have to give like a caveat that I it comes from a place of having a home with my parents. If it all went wrong, I I do have someone to go to. I, they never helped me financially, but you know I was never in a position that it was my life was at risk if I didn't take that route. Which I appreciate not everyone has that option. But yeah, there was a huge. If there still is, you know, I'm seeing them get salary bonuses and all of these amazing opportunities and there's still that voice in me that's like why did you 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 know especially on the hard days where Mm. running my business feels tough and I do kind of think why did I not do that why did I not take that but overall I could not be happier than with the decision I made yeah I think as well like you said earlier it's like not wanting to make money for other people I feel like once that seed is planted it doesn't matter what choice you make I think if you decided to go into corporate that would have just continued to bud yeah that's true and I think also it depends on what company you work for if you're working for a company that's actually doing good in the world and actually making an impact or helping people in some way bigger picture then that probably helps that but you know I wasn't really working for that kind of company when I did dip my toe in corporate and it just felt icky it just didn't feel great I mean I think it's wonderful I think there are a lot of people who stick with things jobs places relationships friendships far longer than they probably should Mm. um and I think that it's really brave and empowering to see people taking that action and giving it a try because like you can give it give it a go. Yeah and I was also aware of like well you know if this doesn't go right I can probably take a course or I didn't actually looking back I really did not plan I was just like this is what I'm doing so reckless abandon here we are it's like I'm I'm not that I like I like a plan yeah whether I follow it or not is different but I like to have one Uh, (laughs) even as a Sagittarius like I love my (laughs) sense of adventure but at the same point I want to know where that's going yeah Um, yeah. and I spoke there's been a few because I love doing these brand stories and hearing the the different ways because literally as the intro says there are so many different ways and reasons that people start their business and Mm -hmm. we've had this conversation before Mm -hmm. as well and I just find it fascinating to hear the different approaches so the other person that I spoke to was Hayley Hayley Jenkins and back in like episode two and she was like yeah just didn't want to do it so I started a business it's just like it's amazing (laughs) it's like I didn't want to go to work every day and I still continued until my mental health ground down to a halt and I'm like oh yeah there are other options (laughs) who knew I know who knew yeah Um, I would love to know, and this is something that I ask in every episode, is like along the way, we know that business can be up and down. I mean, we've Mm. hinted and talked about that anyway, but there are are there any particular either hardships or successes that have really kind of stood out and surprised you and maybe helped you form? Because you've progressed through your business, haven't you, from design to doing to coaching? Yeah, that's kind of my my path. I would say the biggest thing that I never ever considered is the whole mindset thing. 
I think for me, that's been the biggest and most shocking challenge of serious imposter syndrome. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect. No, I don't know. So it's, it's really interesting kind of, I don't know what you'd call it. It's not a thought experiment, but it is this thing where basically the more the more skilled you get at something, the less competent you think you are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's that kind of, the, the further I've gone in my business, the more clients I've got, surprisingly the bigger the imposter syndrome have actually got for me and it's really something in the last year that I've really had to intentionally tackle Mm. and I just think at the start it was very much reckless abandon it was like yeah let's do it let's make some money if that doesn't work it doesn't matter I can change my branding every day I can do this it doesn't matter and just finding my feet but now I'm a little bit more established and I kind of am in a rhythm that imposter syndrome is a challenge that I did not realize was a thing. <laughs> it's funny how it creeps up, isn't it? And yeah, I mean, I think I, I used to say most people, but after speaking to a lot of people, I don't think it's most. I think like there is a good proportion of people who do um, have like this feelings of comparison and imposter it to a point where it can be, okay, I need to do something about this. Yeah. Um, but It's interesting because one, yes, I didn't know that's what it's called, but I am familiar with the concept that the more skilled you get, the more you suddenly start to doubt yourself. Yeah. So do you think the fact that your business has been um, growing and success and growing and is now established and it's such a, almost like it's such a real part of you Mm because after a while, your business feels like another limb, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Do you think that maybe that's what's contributing to it as like your skill set is obviously growing as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, so the idea of it being such a deep, intrinsic part of me yeah. making me question it a bit more. Yeah, maybe. I think it's more like maybe it's like it feels like you've got more to lose. Yeah, absolutely. I think the further you go in, the less opportunities you'll probably. I don't, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Sort of closing things off, aren't you, a little bit when you just decide to focus on your business? So, yeah, it's a weird one. <laughs> That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, no, this is something that I haven't really thought about before because, like, when I was doing this as a side hustle, I felt I felt very attached to my business, but it wasn't like I don't know how to. Here comes the weird analogies again. It felt more like a backpack than an extra limb. Okay. If I need to, I can take this off and put it to one side. Whereas now, it's like my business is so ingrained to be part of me, and it's. And I here we go. I wonder if it's because where our work lives and our personal lives blend together so much more as small business owners, particularly when you're trapped in your own house. I think absolutely, and with love. But particularly in an age where we are restricted with our social lives, Mm. it does feel like your business is you and you are your business because you are. And that's where it's like, it would be harder to separate the two if something should happen. That's very true. I think especially as service-based businesses, it's so much harder to disassociate from what we do and you know, like we spoke about last in the last episode, finding your tone of voice has to come from you. And so it really is, it's an extension of you, really. And if you don't go down that line, then it will become draining and inauthentic. So yeah, that's that's definitely that's definitely something that comes along with it, isn't it? Yeah, I think mindset has come up in every single episode, whether it's been 
a mindset related one or not <laughs> yeah and I, I think as well the going back to the first point of me starting my business a massive imposter syndrome that I have is I see a lot of people like you that have come from the corporate world and have that experience I immediately think oh so you're way more skilled than I am you've got you know you're way better than I am because they're like well I've already got 10 years in a marketing department for an international company so I'm like immediately oh you're you've got one up on me so it's yeah but it's all our so this is this is something that I love talking about because I think it's that it's assumptions and expectations Mm -hmm. so it's your assumption of what their experience was because you know even if they have come from a corporate world you don't know what they were doing in that world (laughs) you don't know how good they were at their job you don't know how much that job allowed them to do their strengths that's so true there are many many corporate roles many corporate roles there have been roles that I have been in that I felt limited and clipped like I couldn't do what I wanted to because you were overstepping the boundaries of what the role kind of allowed you to do so um and I wouldn't I cannot be the only person who feels like that yeah it's really interesting to hear it from someone who on the other side of that yeah yeah because from my point of view it's like oh wow so um you started off a business straight away out of uni so you must have had experiences that I haven't had in that business so yeah always like grass is greener isn't it Mm. and it's also the same with having a degree I mean I've got a degree in business management and I took that because I was always quite academic and it was just sort of the path that was put in front of me so I just sort of plodded along it (laughs) but really I can't I hope none of my lecturers are listening to this nothing that I gained in that degree has really helped me get where I am now at you know it's social media I didn't learn anything about that yeah I talked a little bit on marketing but nothing in comparison to how much I've learned throughout this process yeah my um my degree so I've got a degree in animation okay which is mildly related to the field of work that I do and the fact that it's creative and use computers I think (laughs) but um but then again it's that intention isn't it I went to uni because I grew up in a small town in the middle of Somerset and I wanted to move somewhere that wasn't a small town in Somerset where everyone knows everyone yeah and uni was a good stepping point because I could go and study something I was interested in but it also meant that I could still go home every three months in case you know it's not like getting a flat and moving out on your own yeah you can still go home and it's okay <laughs> testing the water yeah it is absolutely yeah because yeah it's really interesting so we've talked around mindset being one of the unexpected kind of I don't want to say negatives because I don't feel it is a negative I feel like it's a personal development journey but whether have there been any successes along the way that really took you by surprise I can't think of any you know I can think of certain clients that I've really seen transformation with um and feedback that I've got but I really think bigger picture the success is this is cheesy as hell but it's the relationships that I've made and the people that I've met it really is just I never started a business to make friends that sounds awful doesn't it (laughs) I didn't expect to get any friends out of (laughs) do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race oh my god sometimes they're like this isn't RuPaul's best friends race (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, if you want to come on the Brown Lounge to make friends, I'm here for it. (laughs) But I just didn't really factor that into the decision. And so I just really think 
the community and the relationships that I've made is absolutely my favourite thing about what I'm doing. It's surprising, isn't it? Because I think that looking back at... So I've had friends, obviously, in the corporate world that we were super close and I always say it's kind of like it's kind of like Stockholm it's like your friends through shared trauma because you're in the same company um but then after you leave it can get harder and harder to stay in touch because you don't have that daily connection yeah and I would say that now about (laughs) this is where I'm trying to calculate math in my head no one's going to double check don't (laughs) don't double check I would say like a good 80% of my friendships now, my strong friendships, my Mm -hmm. everyday friendships, my everyday friendships, not the best. (laughs) My casual friendships. They are fellow business owners because I don't, I'm not saying that this is also shared trauma, but it might be, but it's someone that you can connect with, someone that you can relate to. And most of my friends I've met through my business through the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like a, this is an awful analogy, but you know, um, I'm here for it. (laughs) You know, in the the police force, there's a really high rate of affairs because they're they're working together, like, really unsociable hours. (laughs) We're basically all having affairs with each other. I didn't know that. Um, I'd also like to point out to my other half, should he ever choose this episode to start with, I'm not having an affair with Lou. (laughs) If my partner is listening, she's lying. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's just that, do you know what I mean? Like, because you're working on sociable hours, if you're in the police and you're going through the same traumatic experiences, yeah. so that's... It was the same, it's Groove, it's Cool Centre. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's sat together, not much entertainment going on, it's fine. Just a lot of trauma. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, right, cool. So we've talked a little bit about how your business has progressed and changed over the time that you've had it. So I'd love to talk a little bit more around your branding because your brand, your marketing and the way that you've built and honed kind of the you in your business. So what made you decide to, I I usually say what made you choose your business name? I'm not asking you why you chose your name. I know that you didn't choose your name. It was given (laughs) to you, but why did you decide to go with your own name for your business name? Okay, well, when I first started, I didn't really have a name for a while. But then, you know, in the early days, you're like, I need a logo, I need a shiny name. And I spent so long trying to decide. And I ended up going with LQ Creative. And then I started hating LQ Creative because locally, I think that was like an LB something or other, and it kind of annoyed me. Mm-hmm. So then I hated that and went to Quinton Creative. And then I ended up getting bored of that. I just am very flighty. And I just thought, well, you know, no one else is going to have Lou Quinton, probably, that's a business owner. And I'm probably going to change my name, um, my mind, sorry, on my name. So it was just sort of probably laziness. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. You know, as good a reason as any. That's really interesting. I didn't know that you had started out with um, a different business name. Yeah, so it was, yeah, LQ Creative and then Quinton Creative. And, yeah, just kept changing. I mean, it was always in court. It was always to do with my name, really. And I think that always came from a place of knowing that I I will always be the business, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and uniqueness. No one else, Quinton is quite a unique second name. So I just thought, well, incorporate that. Q is, I suppose, quite a like not very used letter is it I don't know no it's it's one of the more underused letters in the in the language yeah so I just thought well you know 
pretty unique. We'll stick with that. <laughs> I am curious because this isn't a question that I've had a chance to ask of any other guests, I think. Mm. Because there will be other people out there who are probably going through this dilemma of what to call their business. I know it's something that held me back for a long time. I know it's something that my clients can often get quite caught up on. So when you decided to change your business name, did you find that it was a fairly straightforward process? Because I feel like people either procrastinate don't choose a name because they're worried they'll change their mind which is effectively something that you've done which is fine not procrastinate but you change your mind or I think that they worry that if they do change their mind it's going to be too much hassle to change so could you just talk a little bit of your experience with going through that name changing process yeah I mean for me in terms of obviously the first thing I had to consider was my audience but because I was changing from a name that was already to do with my name I don't think that it was that confusing for them and also I was always the face of the business people knew me as Lou so from that point of view of changing it and not confusing them that wasn't an issue but in terms of the logistics it was a fact although again because I'd already used my name it wasn't that big of a deal it was just writing a massive list of everywhere where I am and you know how my businesses uh, presented everywhere online and changing it it was a bit of a fact but I knew that once I'd done it I'm not going to change back because obviously I've gone from a web designer to a social media manager to a social media coach there's been lots of seasons of my business and the creative was part of that because there was a period of time where I was offering web design and social media and then there was a period of time where I was offering social media management and coaching and so creative just sort of was an umbrella term I didn't want to go marketing you know so that's sort of where the creative came from but yeah logistically it was a fact but it was just writing down a massive list and going through it and changing it yeah I think that's good so I hope that if any listeners are in the situation where they're like either not starting a business because they can't decide on a name which I feel yeah I really feel yeah yeah Or if you're in the position where you're like, I'm considering changing my name, but I don't know how hard it's going to be. Bit of a faff. Don't worry too much. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I would recommend doing it all at once. So um, maybe, you know, let your audience know that it's happening. If you are changing from something completely different to something completely different, let your audience know that that's happening and do it all at once. So don't slowly filter it because that will get confusing. Just be like, bam, done this is my new name Mm. you could always use it as a bit of a content opportunity as well absolutely yeah and make it an event yeah I mean we've all got stuck haven't we at the start of our business oh you know the name the colours at the very very start that is important but it's often the part that we get caught up in (laughs) yeah I think so I think that we put an awful lot of weight particularly when we're starting out Mm. and I speak from experience as well as like being a part of this process with others that we tend to put a lot of our uncertainties on a specific focus so that might be oh yes well I am going to launch my new services and my website but I just can't decide which blue do I want periwinkle or cornflower Honestly, your audience won't mind. (laughs) Such a good way of putting it. Yeah, we're putting all of our uncertainty on one thing that's not actually what we're uncertain about. Yeah, it's pretty unfair to put on a (laughs) colour. It's like a sort of like perfectionism, isn't it? Of like being so caught down on one thing 
that that's really not what it's about. And you end up just being paralyzed. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's choice paralysis, which we experience as consumers every day. Um, and it's just recognizing and move on. So yeah, I hope that that has helped if anyone is in that naming dilemma. We've all been there. We do understand. Um, so when it comes to the visual identity, and I know that you're a big strategy fan as well, and your brand strategy, is that something that you developed yourself? Or is that something that you've invested in? And kind of what stage did you give it a bit more attention so my visual identity has had like changed more than we've had hot meals it literally changes or it hasn't in a while but it used to change a lot a lot it used to be it, it often came from a place of what other people were doing that was successful so I just sort of thought oh you know I need to be really bright and white and really clean and you know that's cool and I like that style but um, yes, yeah, so my visual identity has really changed, but my my brand identity has actually always remained the same from the very very start, starting as a web designer, all the way through now, which is always I do honesty, transparency, um, simplicity has always been a big thing for me, um, and that's always remained the same. But I think that is because it comes from me as a person and as an individual, and that's how I like to live my life. I'm a simple soul, <laughs> so I like my business to reflect that. But in terms of investment, um, I worked with Steph from, it was the creative shed and now she's Innovate and Thrive. She was the first kind of big investment that I took for my business. And we really did break down messaging and visual, uh, sorry, brand messaging and brand identity and how we convey ourselves to our audience. So yeah, that was my big first investment and it was terrifying but completely worth it I've worked with her since so is it something that you would have tackled on your own or is it something that you always would have preferred to work with someone else external on um I think initially I thought I'm not going to have to invest in this I can I can do this myself I can get on Pinterest and take a template but the more you realize how integral your brand is to your business which I think only comes from experience of running a business. Um, that's when you start to realise, oh yeah, this is part of the foundations of my business. So I I do need to talk to someone about this that knows what they're doing rather than just sort of downloading another freebie or, you know, trying to watch a YouTube video and work it out. Yeah, I think it's it's the same with anything, isn't it? You can invest your time or you can invest your money. Yeah. But sometimes... The, when you invest your time in something like learning how to craft a brand strategy, that can be huge for if you've never experienced or have no idea of just how deep that rabbit hole goes. Mm -hmm. It can be such a big investment in time, whereas actually working with someone else who can facilitate that will get you where you want to go a lot quicker. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also um, a big part of it for me was sort of getting out of my own head a bit and having someone as a sounding board that makes sense like a, yeah absolutely a third party <laughs> yeah so did you find that um as your brand developed did you notice an impact it had on kind of your success and your mindset within your business so I mean apart from what we spoke about in terms of the imposter syndrome getting worse the more success I got I think it's probably a thing for every business owner, but the idea of being a bit more picky and a bit more aware of who I'm choosing to work with, I mm. think was something that 
came along from that. And as your brand identity and your visual identity developed, did you find that that had any kind of noticeable impact? Um, I mean, my brand identity was always the same as, as you know, from the get-go. Sorry, I mean, maybe like, maybe I'm not phrasing it right. Like with your visual identity. Yeah, I mean, it, it made me feel like I was, the way that I've got it now, it makes me feel like I'm not the same as everything I'm standing out a bit more and it feels a bit more fun to create I would say um so yeah I would definitely say just general enjoyment because you know that it's true to you and it's it's what you're putting out there if that makes sense so yeah I think with your visuals as well because you're so prominent in your brand which I absolutely love like I think that I generally see your content more on stories first than I see it on like Instagram feed and it's always nice to, like that there's no mistaking is it there's no mistaking that if it's your face it's your business yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> Amazing. So one of the questions that I love to ask, and it's probably going to be the last one before I ask for you, like your key bit of advice sure. is, and this is going to be interesting because I know you're a social media coach. <laughs> um, what has been the most effective or your favorite marketing method for growing your business? Okay. So contrary to what you might think I'm going to say, Ooh. I would have to say it's word of mouth. And that's been the most successful tool for me, which is funny coming from someone who advocates growing online. But I think word of mouth, and that has to come back to the experience that you're giving your customers throughout the whole process and how you make them feel, how how they feel working with you, basically that they want more and they want to tell everyone about it. That is my most important and most effective marketing method I guess if that's not really a marketing method just give your customers a good time so they go and tell people <laughs> basically give your customers a good time yeah. um, <laughs> my no, I completely agree like word of mouth referrals and recommendations they really can like I built my business on that back when I was doing a side hustle I didn't have the time to market my business exactly and I think also from that make it about them and not about you I think that's definitely something that I have learned over time is you don't need to be putting content out there that you necessarily writing you need to you need to make content that is for them it's what they want and you need to be really clear on that and you need to make them feel included and yeah have that feeling or for me personally have that feeling that they know me as a friend is really important to me and that I'm approachable um yeah. so yeah telling a story and making it about them and make sure it's not all about me <laughs> I love that. I love that your your favorite marketing method is your customer experience. And I think that that just speaks volumes. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's, yeah, I guess it is a marketing method, but it's... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. So we'll wrap it up for today. Thank you so much for joining me. But from everything that you shared and everything that you've experienced along your your individual business journey... What would be the one thing that you would like to share with the listeners? So something that I would like to tell a new business owner is that there is really no such thing as self-made. Um, I think our community and that involves the people that we find online and the people in our real lives, that is going to make or break you. You need to have best friends that are there, you know, as a sounding board. You need business besties online and on Instagram that you can message when you're a bit stressed about something and you need like a good just general support people that you can cry laugh 
sob to um and you don't have to and also uh from that is kind of investing in people to help you invest in people that know what they're talking about to help you along the way you don't need to do it all yourself it's not a a measure of success of how independent you'd be oh my goodness what a lesson to learn isn't it it's It's okay to get help from those around you who do what they do for a living yeah absolutely and support you and yeah it's very important yeah I think community has just been like incredible and it's something that I've been more and more grateful for the more I do these podcasts as well because every single one of these guests everyone that I've had the absolute pleasure of spending time with next to this microphone I have met because of my business and online yeah and I'm just so grateful to you and to all the other guests I've had that we've been able to share these kind of these stories with the listeners as well because I know that this would have helped me when I was starting out yeah exactly and you people like you creating a community like this where it is focused on yeah like the really early days and the sort of all the lessons that you learn is so important and it's it's not everywhere you know you I know that you spoke about in your episodes before and we spoke about it we often get kind of distracted by the massive really established businesses and really you need to hear people that are maybe just a couple of steps ahead of you not 50,000 years ahead of you yeah absolutely I saw a really good quote the other day because you always see the quote which is don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20 Mm -hmm. the quote I saw was something like don't compare your chapters to someone else's book yeah I like that that's good because businesses can grow and thrive at different rates and it's just there are too many variables for you to be sat there going well what is the one the one and only thing they're doing different (laughs) yeah exactly there's so many yeah it's such a huge spectrum isn't it and yeah we need to be focusing on our our pages at a time (laughs) oh very good more analogy (laughs) Sullivan I think I like this one more than the Ribena one (laughs) (laughs) or the police affair one that was a bit dodgy Okay, guys, Robina, police affairs and books. Yeah. Um, I think that that's the perfect place to wrap this episode up. So where can the listeners find more of you online? So my website is lewquinton.co.uk and I'm very active on Instagram, which is lewquinton underscore. And I've just started the YouTube channel. So I'm going to be uploading weekly there. And that is Lou Quinton. Leave it or not. <laughs> nice and consistent. Just remember that. Lou Quinton. Um, perfect. I will put all of the links in the show notes. So listeners, if you'd like to see more of Lou, you can find all of her details there. And I do highly recommend checking out her Instagram in particular because your daily daily dollop of fun I've put in my notes. Um, and all of the advice that you shared. There was a really good post that you shared recently, which was um, different ways that you can repurpose content. I found really really like that was fantastic so yeah definitely go and check her out online (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today Lou this has been absolutely wonderful yeah I've really enjoyed myself thank you so much for having me quite welcome um and listeners don't forget that there are new episodes are live every Tuesday and Thursday so be sure to subscribe to never miss out and until next time head on over to our Instagram or Facebook community with the links in the show notes where we can continue the conversation in the brand lounge